This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox and in just a few moments, Ilya Margulis from BDO First Call Debt Solutions will be back to talk about household finances and back-to-school expenses. In our next hour, pharmacist Alan Glasser will be back to talk about pain management and gut health. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. A rush of new part-time jobs offset a drop in full-time work last month to help the the economy post a net gain of 54,000 jobs and drop the Canadian unemployment rate back to a four-decade low. The July jobless rate, 5.8%, down from 6% the previous month. StatsCan said yesterday in its latest labor force survey. However, the details also revealed some weaker data along with the bigger picture improvements. For example, the country added 82,000 less desirable part-time positions last month and lost 28,000 full-time jobs. A closer look at the numbers also showed the public sector made the biggest contribution to the July increase with 49,000 new jobs and the private sector added only 5,000. The agency said average hourly wage growth, which is closely monitored by the Bank of Canada, continued its gradual slide last month down to 3.2% after expanding 3.6% in June and up to 3 0.9% we yelled about here in May. Across the provinces, Ontario gained 60,000 jobs, all in part-time work. Employment also rose here in British Columbia and Newfoundland and Labrador, while Saskatchewan and Manitoba lost jobs last month. On a similar note, while last month's American jobs report was somewhat lackluster compared to previous ones, the unemployment there remains at the lowest level since the 1960s, leaving some industries struggling to recruit. Two of the hardest hit industries over the past few months have been construction and trucking, both of which have seen a decline in attracting young job seekers and the construction uh, woes in terms of staffing exist here in British Columbia big time as well. Back to America. The number of workers who are 24 or older in the sector has declined in most states since the housing boom of 05. What's more, nationally, the share of young construction workers has declined nearly 30% in the past 10 years. The trucking industry has been struggling to fill spots even before the job market boom. Two years ago, the American Trucking Association reported the industry was short more than 36,000 drivers. Well, two years later, that number is now up to 63,000, and in a couple more years, they figure it could be well over 100,000 trucking jobs going wanting. The other two job categories no one seems to be interested in are farming, where ownership has dropped over 40, 4% rather in 10 years, and of all things, call center operators. That last category has to do with high stress levels and the lack of resources and ability to pay workers well. And cities are becoming very worried that system could collapse. Well, the remedy there is at least obvious. Pay them more.
A recall has been issued by Pinty's Delicious Foods over their oven-roasted chicken breast strips. The product, often sold refrigerated, is being removed from the marketplace due to a possible listeria contamination, says Health Canada. Consumers are warned against consuming Pinty's oven-roasted chicken breast strips in one-kilogram packages with best-before dates of either August 9th or 15th and distributed here in B.C., as well as the rest of Western Canada. The product should either be thrown away or returned to the store of purchase. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency is verifying the product is being completely removed from the marketplace. And so far, there have been no reported illnesses. Lots of haze and smoke in the air this weekend. And in addition to the unexpected barge fire in New West yesterday, some of it is blown down from the Okanagan, where once again, winemakers are concerned about the safety and quality of their grapes. So far, it's business as usual, and there is no cause for alarm as vintners are reporting average amounts of diminished air quality in their vineyards. And this is not going to be enough to cause what they call a smoke taint on the grapes or on future wines. This, of course, despite evacuation alerts for some of the communities surrounding the vineyards. Okanagan wineries are reporting another summer of brisk business in the tasting rooms and are hopeful the long, hot summer will produce another excellent vintage year for BC wines. Those are some of the week's top consumer stories. We'll look at a few more later in the show. Up next, a back-to-school conversation with a bankruptcy trustee. You bet. Ilya Margulis from BDO First Call is coming up next on Vancouver Consumer, right here on CKNW. And welcome back to the program this cloudy Saturday afternoon. Boy, we've been saying for weeks, geez, we could sure use a little bit of rain. It's not here yet, but it's looking pretty promising. If you're a rain fan, by the end of the day, we're likely to have a bunch of it. Sterling Fox with you on Vancouver Consumer this Saturday, joined in studio by Ilya Margulis. Mr. Margulis is vice president and licensed insolvency trustee with BDO First Call Debt Solutions. And Ilya, welcome back. It's good to see you again. Thanks very much, Sterling. I'm very happy to be back. Well, it's good to have you with us because we're going to talk about back to school. And uh, I got to tell you, last Saturday in this hour, we had a parenting expert, Julie Romanowski, misbehavior was with us. And I had a terrific hour, lots of phone calls and lots of fun. And one of the things that Julie brought out was that in terms of stress levels uh, for parents, uh, back to school can be uh, pretty much the peak of the year, even more so than Christmas and birthdays and all those other days. Uh, and she said it has a lot to do with competition, not between the kids, but between the parents. Do you agree? Yeah, you know, Sterling Stressful is right. Uh, according to one poll, 91% of uh, parents say that back-to-school shopping for their children is stressing them out. I believe it. And, you know, it's not... It's about the money that they're going to be spending. 75% of people cite money as being the biggest reason why they're stressed out. Mm -hmm. Half say it's just because they're planning on how much to spend. And nearly half talk about finding the best deals. And uh, about a third talk about their budgets for spending. So it's a lot of money there. But the reason that all comes up is people are saying, okay, well, my kid's got to be dressed up as good as this next kid and they're stressing on the kid's behalf about being cool or being, being made fun of and that's not necessarily the case. 
Well, and, and kids, I mean, I mean, kids can be cruel. We know that. We were all kids once, and we all took our shots when we were there and received more than our fair share as well on our bad days. But, I, I, and kids will be mean to each other uh, uh, for over idiot things like fashions and shoes and, you know, hairdos or whatever. But I suspect Julie's observation, and she's a, a consultant and works with parents a lot. She's a lot of this, most of it is about the parents and the competition they feel they're in on behalf of their children. And in her lo- most cases, Julie said, the kids really aren't anywhere nearly as wound up as mom and dad are. There's inevitably going to be the things that the kids definitely want. But you're right. In a lot of cases, it really is the old uh, keeping up with the Joneses scenario. Absolutely. Yes. And by the way, friends, if you're hearing some oddball noises in the background, there are some renovations going on in our building right now. And there's an actual team with a jackhammer not too far away from where you are. So those weird background noises, that's an actual jackhammer on the radio. On a Saturday afternoon, somebody's making double time, Ilya. <laughs> Let's talk about, uh, tell us a little bit about BDO First Call Debt Solutions. Remind us about your company. We know about BDO primarily as an accounting firm and a big one too. Right. And BDO is an international accounting firm uh, that does everything from audit to tax to advisory services. But then my particular division of the company, BDO First Call Debt Solutions, is one of Canada's largest and longest serving debt solutions firms. Uh, We have offices across the country, something along the lines of 100 offices across the country. Okay. And we're really deeply involved in our communities. Uh, I work out of seven different offices across the Lower Mainland, uh, ranging between a couple in Burnaby, Coquitlam, Surrey, Langley, Abbotsford, uh, Vancouver, of course, Mm -hmm. downtown. Um, We believe that debt can affect people both personally and professionally. And that's why our teams work really hard to help people leave their debt behind. Uh, We understand that there are so many different causes of debt and that dealing with debt can be very stressful and emotional, uh, especially because so often debt is a result of challenging life experiences, whether it's a divorce, illness, job loss, addiction, sure, uh, just to name a few. And we really enjoy building those relationships so that we can understand uh, where people are coming from and really help them find the right solution. Uh, and we're proud to say we've helped thousands of Canadians across the country and helping people doesn't necessarily mean uh, we're the right solution for them. Mm-hmm. If, we, if we're not, we'll direct them to where they can get right. the help that they need. If this isn't uh, the table you need to stop at, just carry on and uh, stop at the next one. You give good advice one way or another. Exactly. Okay. And we provide a confidential, no-obligation consultation uh, to help you decide how you may w- want to manage that debt. Mm. Uh, we know that making that first call isn't easy, but we really are here to listen. And we want to help you find the best solution for you. And that consultation is completely free. So it doesn't hurt to give us a shot. You've been at this for a while. Talk to us about why that first call is so blinking hard, Ilya. The reluctance of the average person, no matter how deeply indebted he or she may be, there's, there's simply the matter of sort of coming to terms with it yourself is one thing, but then sharing that with anyone, even a financial professional whose only job is to help you, is still difficult. Talk to us about why people have so much trouble picking up the phone or coming to see you. There's that inevitable feeling of shame. Uh, people are embarrassed and they're concerned that they're going to walk into uh, an advisor's office and that advisor is going to judge them. Uh, the reality is we don't do that. 
we've seen every scenario that you're going to present to us or tell us about. And quite frankly, we're there to help. We're not there to judge. Uh, I've lost count of the number of people that have come in and said, look, I was really scared coming in here. I was embarrassed. I must be the worst case you've ever seen. And the answer always is, no, no you're, no, not. you're not. No, uh, no, no. And let's just come up with a plan to deal with this. Move forward. You know, we get we kind of get trapped in our own echo chamber, though, don't we? Once we start getting into this revolving spiral of debt, which inevitably is downward, um, it, it, it sucks you in. And you start at one point or another with when the harassing letters and phone calls and the collecting agencies start getting involved. You start to feel, Ilya, that you are really the only human being on Earth that this is happening to. Nobody can else, else in the world can be going through this kind of awful stuff right and, now. And here's the problem. Once you run into those debt issues, regardless of what the cause was, uh, you start losing sleep, you start worrying, you're stressing, maybe not eating properly. Uh, That causes health issues. Sure. Uh, Those health issues end up causing further debt issues, and you get stuck in this vicious cycle. Absolutely. Uh, And our goal is to help people break that break out of that and move forward. Let's talk about back to school because this is this we're going to focus on that and there's that ad and I'm sure you've seen it already. I saw it the other night and I hadn't seen it for a year and I laughed out loud once again. It's just uh, I think this year uh, it shows a couple of kids in a backyard swimming pool which gets emptied. They end up at the bottom of the pool with no water and mom is standing up throws a flyer from a department store or Staples or one of those places and the song comes on. It's the most wonderful wonderful time of the year, that Andy Williams Christmas classic. And a lot of parents go, it sure is. But on the other hand, for some of those parents, it's a struggle. It definitely is. Uh, And it's not a surprise. Uh, I think we talked about this last time that I was on. 59% of people in British Columbia are already living paycheck to paycheck. So when it comes time to coming up with more money to spend on buying things for kids going back to school, that's difficult. Uh, A recent poll conducted by Retail Me Not Canada uh, said that Canadians expect to spend a whopping $883 per family on back to school supplies and fashion. This year. That, this year. That's $325 more than they expect to spend on Christmas shopping. That's interesting. That's Isn't that interesting? Wow. And, and thus, number. Uh, we were talking about the stress levels that parents feel at this time of the year, even greater stress levels than birthdays, Easter, Christmas, all the others combined in some cases. And that's partially understandable. All the, every parent wants their kid to be as successful as possible in school. And nicely and they, turned and out, nicely of turned course. Out and yeah. have the best tools that they can have for their education. Uh, but the numbers are really high. Uh, so is that high number, Ilya, because we're not only buying clothes and backpacks, but we're also buying devices now that are, you know, the, most of them cost in the hundreds. That, that's right. I mean, kids are asking for the hottest products, whether it's tech, clothes, accessories. Uh, some of the specific numbers that people seem to be spending on are $600 for a laptop. Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. $250 for a, a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably on contract, so it's less than it would be for full, full price, but sure. then you're also paying monthly fees for that. Right. Uh, school supplies, you know, the, the notebooks, pens, uh, binders, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then there's shoes, clothing, etc. Right. Uh, and so that adds up to that eight hundred or a thousand dollar figure. It doesn't take that's a much lot of money to, to, to get to eight, almost a thousand bucks, does it? Especially when you're talking about uh, expensive toys like laptops and cell phones. And so that that, that 
jacks the bill up in a big hurry, doesn't it? That's so very true. Uh, and yes, you know, you can have uh, buy a three hundred dollar netbook or a smaller laptop, or you can buy a five hundred dollar basic one or a thousand dollar Mac. Sure, uh, but. At the same time, do kids need those things new every year? Uh, can a used one be purchased? Other uh, ways to save money? Uh, have one laptop shared by a couple of kids? Mm. You, you mentioned when you were breaking down some of the numbers a few minutes ago, Ilya, talking about different groups of parents and how they respond to the whole back-to-school thing. And one of the groups that you mentioned was only one-third of the parents have an actual back-to-school budget. So that means there are 66% of, of shoppers right now cruising the malls with the kids looking to get things together for uh, uh, after Labor Day don't really have much of a plan going on except the kids need stuff. That, yes, that's so true. Uh, one of the most important things of keeping back-to-school shopping under control is starting out with that uh, – School list that school supplies list that schools give kids. Right, that tells you what you need. And they're not even going to get that until school actually begins. Uh, in some cases, they yeah. get that about a month beforehand. Mm-hmm. But Sometimes yes. the schools mail them out or exactly. email them through the summer. Right. But the goal is to sit down with that list and say, "All right, how much is each one of these things going to cost?" Cost it out. It's so easy these these days. Going online, mm-hmm. comparison shopping, different websites, using uh, cash back programs like Ebates, mm-hmm. uh, and costing out how much everything's going to cost. And then uh, once you've got that, the important thing is sticking to it. Uh, you've got to set a budget, a maximum amount that you're going to be spending, and sort of cutting that line in the sand. You can't cross over that line because that's what the budget is. And now, it is ide- ideally, of course, the budget would include um, the, the payment method as part of the package. Exactly. So I, I'm going to set aside, say, 885 bucks. That's that's the average this year, right? So I'm going to actually, over the course of uh, um, May, June, and July, set aside a couple hundred each month, and then by the time August rolls around, there's the topper, and I'll have my 800 bucks cash all set to roll. Not everybody has the capacity to set aside cash money and just let it sit idle for months. So clearly, a lot of people are going to to at least organize a budget, but then they're going to use the credit cards, aren't they? They will. Um, But it's also not necessarily necessary to buy everything at once. You can always uh, buy the absolute necessities before school starts uh, and then leave everything else until the uh, clearance sales start in September. That's true. Uh, I, I think this is a really fantastic way to save a little bit of money. First of all, you're buying um, things once they've gone on sale. Secondly, the kids have had a chance to get to school and actually see what's cool this year. Right. Uh, so now, rather than buying something that they thought they wanted in June or July, uh, they now see that that item is not cool anymore, and they can get what's actually uh, the popular thing without wanting to upgrade whatever was wasted on in June or July. Well, I was going to take a break for the news here, but you mentioned one key word, what the kid thought he or she wanted. And then, of course, it comes down to the magic two words, wants, Ilya, and needs. 
Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on this cloudy, cooler Saturday afternoon, a kind of a relief day for a lot of us. I'm Sterling Fox. Ilya Margulis is with me. Mr. Margulis is a vice president and licensed insolvency trustee with BDO First Call Debt Solutions. And we're here talking about, among other things, uh, debt-related issues, Ilya. We're talking about back to school because it is that time, as the ad on TV says, for some, the most wonderful time of the year. But for others, it's a very high stress time. You said 91% of Canadian parents feel some degree of stress at this time of year, more so than at any other time of the year from a parenting perspective. That's bizarre, isn't it? it, It's bizarre, yes, but it's also understandable. Uh, It's a lot of money that people need to come up with at the very last minute, essentially, in a lot of cases. And as we were talking about earlier, uh, that makes having a budget and a plan as to what's going to be spent so much more important. Uh, now, when you're putting that budget together, uh, first thing you want to do is take stock of what you've already got. Right. You don't necessarily Does need to replace everything. Does everything have to be bought new? Uh, no, you can take binders from last year, take out the school notes, um, staple them together if you want to keep them, and reuse those binders. Uh, but then when you're doing the budget, get the children involved. So tell them that you've got... Now, that's an interesting proposal because a lot of parents, uh, you know, again, this goes right back to my very first question to you, asking why people have such difficulty picking up the phone and arranging that first interview with an insolvency trustee like yourself and Jennifer and your colleagues at BDO. Uh, And there's a lot of shame involved and stigma and embarrassment and all of that kind of stuff. Well, you know, it's if you keep this activity in a vacuum away from your children and just announce the results, that's fine. The kids can deal with that. But the difference between doing it that way, Ilya, and actually sitting down with the kids and saying, look, here's it's back to school time. It's, it's all about you. So what do you need? What do you want? And here's how much money we're working with. That's right. And it's not about telling the the kid that the reason why there's a limit as to how much money there's to be spent because the parents don't have that money. That's not important. Here's the the budget. Here's the limit. We have to work within this figure. And it's a life lesson for the child as well. They've got to understand that money isn't unlimited, period. Right. Uh, So when they're... A concept that is alien to a lot of today's children. (laughs) That's so very true. Uh, So exactly, as you're working through it, you've got, you tell the child that, okay, we've got $700 to spend. You decide how you want to allocate that out. Um, if you want to fancy your phone, maybe we'll spend less on shoes. Right. Uh, all right. Well, we've planned out all the money, and uh, we were going to buy a uh, pencil case that was going to cost $20, uh, and you want a $50 one? Well, how about the difference in money comes out of your allowance or uh, birthday presents or whatever it might be? Because kids, most kids have a little pool of their own money. As you say, birthday presents, allowances. Some of them do little odd jobs and get paid for it. Kids have some money. Mm-hmm. So why not make them spend some of that on themselves as part of the package? And it's surprising what an impact that has because they start thinking twice. Uh, yeah, right. Do okay. I really need that? Uh, exactly. It's my money we're talking about now. They, they start understanding the needs versus wants sure. sides of things. Uh, Oh, am I better off spending the money on this or am I better off keeping it for, um, you know, going out with my friends to see a movie or whatever it might be? Sure. 
Okay, uh, let's open up the phone lines. We promised we were going to do that, so without any further ado, uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, if you have some questions on debt issues and whether it's back to school or just the the mess that you find yourself in, a bit of a financial pickle, the pros are here from BDO First Call to talk to you about it. 604-280-9898, and the lines are indeed wide open right now. Thank you, Andrew. 604-280-9898 to our guest, Ilya Margulis from BDO First called debt solutions. Uh, Ilya, again, the notion of involving children in discussions, family financial discussions beyond back to school, but back to school is so good because it is so incredibly about them. More so than all of the other conversations, back to school, mom and dad aren't going back to school. This is about you. So what do you want? What do you need? How much can you contribute, if anything? Well, you're the parents. You're supposed to pay for this, and we will, but not everything you want. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a little wheeling and dealing. It's all about life skills, too. There's a little financial literacy going on in this, this process, too. Uh, too many kids uh, come out of uh, school these days going into university expecting or almost thinking that money grows in trees and you can have anything you want whenever you want it. And then the harsh reality sort of hits. Uh, that's just not true. And you've you've got to start understanding that difference early on. Right. And, and, and again, you know, if, if uh, and it gets a little dodgy and you've been through this, you're an insolvency trustee and you've been at this for a long time. And the more people in your life that you have when you get into these enormous debt situations, the more complicated it can become, even to the point, Ilya, of sharing the issue with the people in your life. How much do they need to know? How much of it is their business really? Um, and so talk to us about that. When you have, and beyond the, 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 the back-to-school conversation, when you're, you're talking about a family now in serious financial problems, they got the wolf at the door, they're getting ugly letters and nasty phone calls and they're hooped so how do you deal with that with your kids uh, well first of all it starts off with the communication between the parents right um, you kind of both have to acknowledge that there is a problem and start thinking towards coming up with a solution uh, I do have people coming in to chat with me t- telling me okay well I've got this problem but I haven't told my spouse right um, and Ooh, and if you haven't told your spouse, the, the, the kids are a distant second on that important list, aren't they? Exactly. Um, but once you've had that discussion, the, the kids don't necessarily need to know the details. Right, exactly. It, it, it doesn't matter. Something's up. We're trying to work our way through it, and we need your help. Exactly. And turn it into a game. Look, we're budgeting. Right. Uh, we're teaching you how to budget. They don't need to know what the root cause of that was, but other than having a budget is just a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, once you've run into those problems in general and you've made the decision to finally call, pick up the phone, and talk to a licensed insolvency trustee, uh, what you're going to get is the right advice for you. Right. Uh, and, and a route, literally, uh, to, that you can use to navigate your way through this awful maze and emerge a, a solvent human being, uh, maybe not right away, because the process can take a while. It, it, it's exactly it. But... Uh, bit of a story for you. Uh, I had a person come in for a consultation a few months ago, and she had run into some health issues. And during that time, 
uh, had racked up a few expenses and she needed to get money quickly. Um, She called a lender uh, that said, no problem, we'll give you the money. Uh, What what it was turned out to, and she was desperate, so uh, willing to go into almost anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, It turned out to be a rather predatory lender and they gave her 20-something thousand dollars but as a second mortgage on her home. At what interest rate? And again, being predatory, it was at almost 20% interest on a mortgage. That's more than a credit card company. That's exactly it, which is very problematic. No kidding. Uh, And so by the time she'd come in to see me, she had been paying interest on the second mortgage for a while. Uh, As a result, had racked up new credit card debt and was looking for a way out. And I sort of looked at her situation and said, look, I can definitely help you with... Uh, the credit card side of things, but you've got the second mortgage, and I can't get you out of that. Uh, and that's so, sort of a noose around your uh, neck. Mm. You, you you need to deal with this, and that's going to get you out of the overall financial problem that you're in. And I redirected her to a mortgage advisor, a mortgage broker. Okay, sure. Uh, that mortgage broker took a look at the situation, realized very quickly that uh, the second mortgage was horrible and they needed to get her out of that second mortgage. Uh, her first mortgage was probably a 2.5% or something right. like that, and the second one was a 20%. Oh, man. Uh, so uh, he worked with several lenders that he deals with and was able to, after quite a bit of work, uh, get her into a new mortgage altogether, refinanced, refinancing the, the original, the other credit card debt that was out there as well. But the whole package is now at 2.8%. Oh, man. So this 20% uh, 1,000-pound elephant is gone. And again, this is all because she finally just, she had had enough, and she sat down with an insolvency trustee. You weren't able to do all of the pieces by yourself, but again, being a well-connected kind of business person, you knew the right mortgage broker to uh, to uh, to uh, address this client to, and, and uh, so with a, com- a combined professional effort, her problems were solved. Yeah, and just the moral of the story there is we're not going to try to push a particular solution on somebody if right. it's not the right option for them. What we want to see is them having the best opportunity to get a fresh start possible. Right. I called you uh, jokingly, but nonetheless, I referred to you as a bankruptcy trustee or earlier in the program as a kind of a setup line before we went to the news. You've actually dropped the word bankruptcy quite a long time ago. Insolvency trustees have been uh, the rage in Canada since how many? Since a couple of decades now, right? Uh, no, the renaming or rebranding was only two or three years ago. Oh, really? That soon? Okay. Yeah. And the whole idea there was uh, to get rid of that uh, idea that all we do is bankruptcies. Right. In fact, these days, it actually makes up maybe a third or a quarter of what we're doing. In most cases, we're doing proposals. We're getting people out of their debt before going to that last resort. Well, let's talk about that. We've only got a few minutes left, and I think we've covered off a lot of the back-to-school issues. Unless there are, are, are any unresolved tips or uh, suggestions that you have with respect to uh, back-to-school, Ilya, uh, go ahead. Uh, just the last couple of things for going back to school. Again, we talked about budgets, yeah. but we've got so many tools available to us today online that allows us to uh, take advantage of the best deals out there. So uh, Sterling mentioned earlier Ebates. Sure. You're getting money back on each transaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got a big TV campaign going right now? Comparison shop. You use things like Amazon. Uh, but then there's uh, websites like uh, Red Flag Deals, where the best deals out there on various topics are posted by other people, other consumers. 
and you're able to go on and sort of tag along. Mm-hmm. Uh, so take a take advantage of the opportunities out there to save money where you can. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, buy the necessities before school starts, the absolute necessities, sure. and then take advantage of the clearance sales. Mm-hmm. It doesn't all have to be done. All the back-to-school shopping doesn't have to be done before day one. They only need one outfit. And day one usually is, what, an hour? <laughs> all that buildup, especially for the wee little people. Oh, it's a big summer going to school. Half an hour, an hour later, you're on your way home. What, what, what an That's anticlimactic exactly event. Talk to us in the remaining couple of minutes we have about those other options. The bankruptcy option, you said, is now one of the least used. And you talked about proposals. And for the benefit of those who don't know the difference between a bankruptcy and a consumer proposal, which is kind of halfway, but doesn't also carry the, uh, the the baggage that a bankruptcy does. Talk about consumer proposals. A consumer, and I'm going to be very brief in terms of a yeah. high-level description here, but a consumer proposal is basically just making an offer through a trustee to your creditors where you're offering a total amount of more money than what those creditors would have received in bankruptcy, right? but over a period of up to five years. So you're offering them a better deal, but make, giving yourself an opportunity to make a more flexible payment. Uh, as soon as a proposal is filed, interest stops. And proposals can only be filed by in, uh, insolvency trustees like yourself. Yes. Uh, only licensed insolvency trustees have the power to actually make a formal filing, right? Uh, and which means because it's a formal filing, the minority of creditors are bound by the majority. So if somebody has two credit cards, Bank A where they're owed 20000 and Bank B that's owed fifteen, dollars uh, as long as the one that's owed 20000 votes yes, the other one has to go along with oh, it okay. because 20000 one gets more votes. Ah, and so the the notion, though, uh, that you don't have to you don't have to go bankrupt. You can get out of a pretty serious debt pickle. With there are other possibilities, and sometimes, again, Ilya, you talk to people all the time. They get to the point where they're being hounded, and and things are looking so desperate. To use one of your words, they um, they begin to think, well, the only option is bankruptcy. I'm done. I'm up against a wall. So just shoot me already. Uh, and it's it's far from the case. And honestly, most people that come to see me, uh, I start talking to them through the options, and or they've walked in and say already said, okay, I'm I'm ready to file bankruptcy. Right. Now. Yeah. I'm here. Where uh, do I sign? Well, let's talk about the other things that sure. are available to you. And they say, okay, well, I didn't know that was available to me. That's the direction I want to go in. Mm, okay. And here's the reality. I'm not going to ever tell somebody, this is the direction you've got to go in. Right. Uh, I'll walk them through the pros and cons. And it's up to that person to make the decision as to what's right for them. And that first initial meeting, as to, to repeat your offer earlier in the program, that uh, first consultation is absolutely free. You can find a lot more about BDO First Call Debt Solutions online. The website is debtsolutions.bdo.ca. You'll find Ilya and all his colleagues and the, the multiple Vancouver uh, market uh, offices, all of that information, phone numbers, emails, all at debtsolutions.bdo.ca. Ilya, good to see you again. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. And once again, our thanks to Ilya Margulis of BDO First Call Debt Solutions for another informative, helpful visit. Coming up in our next hour, pharmacist Alan Glasser returns with lots of useful information about gut health and pain management. But it's time now for Duly Noted. And this time, our producer, Ben Dooley, has a look at a new scam on SkyTrain, the distraction ripoff. 
Thanks, Sterling. The Metro Vancouver Transit Police have arrested two suspects in connection with an elaborate distraction scheme that has led to thefts in excess of $5,000, and one still remains at large. Transit Police made the arrests after a nearly month-long investigation into a total of 10 incidents. The incidents are all very similar. In each of the 10 cases, one or more people from the group of suspects allegedly offered their assistance to the victim at a ticket vending machine, passing themselves off as good Samaritans. Here's Clem Tampton from Metro Vancouver Transit Police. But their actual motivation is actually to become close to these individuals and to have the opportunity to um, watch them as they enter their PIN using their credit card or uh, or debit card. And what we're seeing is other members of this group then follow that, that uh, victim. And when they get the chance, they end up distracting that person. And they take that opportunity to then, um, you know, uh, pickpocket. Anyone with information on the whereabouts of the outstanding suspect or who believes they may have been the victim of a similar incident is asked to call the Metro Vancouver Transit Police tip line at 604-516-7419. I'm Ben Dooley and that's Dooley Noted. Very popular stuff in Europe, not welcome in Canada these days. Thanks, Ben. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before we go. According to a new report from StatsCan and University Works, there's considerable proof a university degree will help you earn more in life. 94% of university grads are employed two years after graduation, and many grads will earn more in their working lives, too. Over a 40-year study period, university grads earned 58% more than graduates from other post-secondary programs, and even higher numbers than high school grads. According to the report's authors, here are the top 10 bachelor's degrees based on highest salaries after graduation. Civil engineers begin the list with an average salary of 80000 Nurses are next with an average starting salary of 845 Specialized engineers, people in industries like textiles and biomedicine earn just over eighty-five grand. are next. Then there are business administration grads, BBAs, who make just a little more than eighty-five. Five software engineers will likely earn just over ninety grand on graduation, and the first group likely to crack a hundred thousand right away are geoscientists, followed by pharmacists who can earn over a hundred two thousand after their apprenticeships. Finance, the money biz, is always a well-paying career choice, whether it be market analyst, securities broker, or portfolio manager. Well over a hundred k a year. Petroleum or chemical engineers uh, earn a starting wage of one hundred and four thousand and topping off the list of the top 10 degree programs that spin off the best wages, business or management sciences. Not only is this program the one offering the highest salaries for women, it covers activities like administration, marketing managers and budget analysts, starting salaries 110 to 115k per year. Just a little something to file away a few weeks before selecting this year's programs. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.